filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Oh yeah, ladies and gents, we are back for more filibuster freestyle. Week three quarantine? End of week three? Beginning of week three? I don't know, it's April 3rd. 2020, we're going to do a, I don't even want to call it a part two, we're going to do like a week three-ish quarantine update, kitchen quarantine, with our buddy in the West Coast, Jeremy Johnson, man cook good. He's been doing all kinds of good stuff on Instagram, by the way, and the thing is, he's got time on his hand, and he's got to feed a two-year-old or a three-year-old. Let me ask the peanut gallery real quickly here. Hey, peanut gallery, crack research team, is a toddler two or three? Both. So toddlers are... Both two and three years old. Okay. For those of you who don't know, that's uh, the artist formerly known as Chief Finance Officer Cindy Harrington, also part of the Crack Research Team, also watching, is this 90 Day Fiance or Before the 90 Day Fiance? The, before the 90 Day. This is Before the 90 Day Fiance. This is by far my least favorite. Um, I'm just not feeling this one. And again, I... I, I uh, we can check it for Robbie, but the thing is, the Crack Research Team doesn't have a mic, so you guys, I have to interpret. Anyway, great intro. Best intro ever. Um, <laughs> toddlers, be damned. Wait, what? <laughs> Just kidding. Quarantine. So anyway, Jeremy's doing a really good job with Man Cook Good right now, because not only is he showing you what he's cooking, but now he's giving a lot more direction on his Instagram handle, at Man Cook Good, because he is feeding a toddler and his wife and himself, and I'm sure sometimes his wife cooks, and I'm sure sometimes his toddler cooks. Maybe not. But anyway, check out Jeremy's stuff. Before we get to Jeremy, a couple hot takes, some places listening, some good times had by all, filibusterfreestyle.com. What do I got for you here? If I can bring up the old webpage here. Oh, yeah. Take a guess. Number one city in the world, coronavirus or not, Paris, France. Waxhaw, North Carolina, right outside of Charlotte, number two. Hometown, Walpole, Mass, number three. And my former hometown of, of sorts, Charlotte, number four. So the Charlotte area between Waxhaw, which is a suburb of Charlotte, and Charlotte proper, second place only to Paris, France. You know, I got Philly, got Los Angeles, got Groton, Connecticut, could be my cousin James, Mountain View, California, home of Google. The list goes on. Wilton, Australia is in the mix. Bury, United Kingdom, a place called Shinchu County, Taiwan, province of China. Didn't see that one coming. Barcelona, thanks to our friend Roscoe P, who's huge in Spain right now. Sydney, Australia checking in. Avondale, Arizona, that's a new one, a place called Massey, France. Chicago, Illinois, bringing out the rest of the top 50 of places listening. Jeremy just texted me, let's do a little live read on the show. We're just doing everything we can. Heading down to the recording studio, a.k.a. his Subaru. So you know what? I can stop this right here. But up next, Phil Buster Freestyle's own West Coast cooking maestro, Jeremy Johnson. Okay, ladies and gents, as promised, he's in the sound booth. He's ready to roll. Jeremy Johnson, man, cook good. How are you, my man? I'm pretty good, you know, just like everybody else. Just kind of taking it one day at a time here. Well, that's, you know, all we can do, literally. Since I last spoke to you live on the pod, not much has changed in terms of quarantine. It's, in fact, it's kind of gotten worse. We'll get into that. 
Um, but, but for first, the first thing we got to do, okay, is talk about one of the only sports leagues happening right now. And I'm not talking UFC. I'm talking soccer. Liga Primera de Nicaragua is happening as we speak. There was uh, several games, several games on April Fool's Day, but it's not an April Fool's. You had uh, Deportivo Octacal against ART Jalapa, two to one to the good guys, ART Jalapa. Both teams had red cards. Uh, also, a game with double red cards for each team. A two one road win for Diranhan. They beat a team called Walter Ferretti Football Club, which I like that some Italian American sounding guy started a football club at Nicaragua's Premier League, and it's named after him. Um, and then we had a tie. Managua against Real Esteli, and that was a 1-1 tie, and Real Esteli took a red card there. A very violent, uh, you know, passionate bunch of games on April Fool's Day. But don't worry, JJ, because tomorrow we got a triple header for you, live from Liga Primera de Nicaragua, April 4th. The great Deportivo Artical is going to face off against last place Las Sabanas. And frankly, I'm taking Las Sabanas in an upset on that one. That's all I'm saying. And then the last team I really want to talk about is my cousin Doug, his new favorite team, not Real Madrid, but very close, Real Madrid. And Real Madrid is playing Managua tomorrow in a clash of champions. And cousin Doug and my brother Alex are, you know, they're now blood feuding over their two favorite soccer clubs in the world that are playing right now. Real Madrid and Managua, straight out of Liga Primera de Nicaragua, unofficial favorite soccer league in the world for the filibuster freestyle. The aforementioned Premier League of Nicaragua. That's what I got for you in sports, everybody, because that's all the sports besides Belarusia, a.k.a. Belarus, that's happening right now. You just covered the entire world of sports. Yes, but like not what I wanted to cover, what's literally actually happening. Like the entire right. planet of sports. And that's the I thing. am fascinated by the Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, pay-per-view, fundraising... Yes, that's going to be happening. So um, they're going to do that during wow, quarantine. The going to be high on that. They're going to do that during quarantine. You know, I don't think the date has been announced yet. But what I um, read this morning indicated that it was going to be within a month, mm. and um, they would all be practicing safe social distancing. There'd be no crowd. There would be um, a you know, sparse television crew. Camera guys, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, God, it would be fascinating just to listen to those guys talk, you know, to each other. Yes, it would be a very fun eavesdropping experience that we can now get because they literally... Never mind competing. Yeah, well, they they could literally just sit around a table for a few hours and play cards and it would be fascinating, right? Yeah, I would would watch that. I, I, I may even prefer that, but, you know... Just to see them compete in a, in a sporting event, it's the only, like, Western uh, competition going on, and uh, I wonder how much they're going to charge on pay-per-view, because if they don't hit the price point right, then people will just go to illegal streams, yep. and they won't raise as much money. You know, I think, like, 20 bucks is reasonable. I would pay 20 bucks to watch it. So let me ask you this. In the in the week and a half, two weeks, not even, week and a half, that Tom Brady's been on the Buccaneers, he's doing Howard Stern. He, I, mean, I think he's basically doing everything that he's wanted to do for the last five years, and he's going to cram it yeah. all into the next five months. Well, he's also, he's, you know, there, there's 
I'm sure he's being handled. This is classic image building. You know, you're going to a new environment. You want to set the parameters of how you're perceived. Sure. You sure. get out in front of the story. You talk a little bit about everything. And then once people start asking you direct questions in a press conference format, you say you've already addressed it. You're just focused on tomorrow. Um, also, Tom will now become more of a national figure than a New England figure in terms of marketing and his um, – his business. Sure. So, like he's opening a Tampa Bay TB12. Sure, sure. Those well, will be nationwide before we can, you know, blink really. How about how about Tom going full media, which is fine and all good, and, and, you know, hopefully they raise a bunch of money for charity. But how about the Robert Kraft, here's my jet, go get 400,000 masks from China, hold my beer 1. moment. 1.2 million from China. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. It was 1.2 million. I'm thinking of like the numbers that were in the Northeast here in terms of distribution. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 300,000 in New York, 100,000 in Rhode Island, and like 900,000 in Boston or something like that, or Massachusetts. Yeah. That's uh, it's pretty awesome. And the, I, I heard how it, went, it kind of went together, came together was the governor, um, Baker. Charlie um, Baker, yeah. Was like, Bob, what's up, dude? Help me out. And uh, you got anybody? You know anybody? And we're, you know, of course, federal government thinks that their responsibility is to sell their masks to private companies to then sell to states because we have a Jared Kushner is now our point man on the greatest pandemic in modern history. So, (laughs) you know, the guy has no idea what he's doing and it's a theme. So it's, you got to get these private you know people involved and um it's happening all over and we need more of it but at least these people these billionaires are basically nation states at this point so let's get them involved might as well if you know if it's going to save lives we might as well bob so, robert mr craft bob Ma- bob uh, robert the mr crafts our favorite fake band of the week of all time i mean yeah bob robert and the mr crafts like the, like literally the one that's stuck i mean I've said the words fake band name of the week on the 300 plus editions of this show 300 plus times. And the one, the one that we keep coming back to is Bob Robert and the Mr. Crafts. And I'll tell you what, hats off to that guy. How are you doing? You working? Yeah, working virtually. Um, you know, so I, to be honest, and I'm not sure when and if it will end, but I've been incredibly busy. You know, I think there's a, right. there's a really weird moment in my industry where things are definitely going to change come summer and things are definitely going to, we're going to know a lot more for better or for worse come the fall. But for right now, it's kind of like, Hey, all the things we plan to do this spring, we can no longer do. We all still have jobs. So let's get to the things that we all want to get to, but we never have time for. And then let's be ready to do those things. If we get a chance to come August, which is keeping me plenty busy. And, And if it works great. And if it doesn't, at least we tried, right? So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, right. that's what we got to do. I mean, you know, some days I put on real pants. Some days I just put on a real shirt. Um, but I'm, I've been doing work. You know, I've been earning the paycheck, and I feel good about it. So as long as we can do that, that's great. But I know a lot of folks would love to and can't. So feeling lucky about that. And uh, I know a lot of people are working in a lot more dangerous situations than me, too. And so, uh, yeah, hats off to those folks as well for keeping keeping us as safe as possible amidst something that um clearly we even though we saw it coming we did nothing about it until the bus was backing over us for a second time 
exactly. So anyway, um, how are things in L.A.? You've been cooking a lot. Kitchen Confidential. Sorry, no, no, no. Kitchen Quarantine, part two. Man, right, cook good. Right. What, what do you got for us? I mean, you've been doing a lot of great stuff, a lot of tasty meals. I'll think of some. I'll go through your feed here while, while we're talking, but... You know, any highlights for us, things, you, things yeah, you've been thinking about? I've got some ideas. Um, I've got some tips and, you know, not really so much recipes, but um, kind of techniques um, and, and some ideas to utilize what most people have in their pantry. Um, nice. Here's the first and maybe the biggest thing that's going to come out of this. Um, Gav, when you make rice, how do you make it? Um, I order it or my wife makes it. My wife. My um, wife. My wife. No, uh, when I when, I, when I've tried rice. to when I've tried to make rice, I typically put it in a boiling thing, and I, it either comes out too watery or too dry. That's that's my hot take. It's the, it's the like um, chemistry formula where you you put it in the boiling water, yes, and then you put it on simmer, and then. You, or you put it in, then you boil it, but then you don't let it boil too long, and then you turn it down a low, and you simmer it, and you put the lid on, but you, you know, don't forget to put the lid on, because then it won't steam, but then you, if you open the lid to check on the rice before it's done, you've, like, ruined it. Correct. And, I, I mean, I've discovered that, like, most people don't know how to make rice. And most people who um, are part of a culture that make rice... Uh, like daily have rice cookers so they barely think about it it's like making toast right but how do you make rice I, more like it how I do you make discovered rice discovered <laughs> by my you know my constant you know searching for more information on cooking through podcasts and instagram or whatever the perfect way to make all grains never mind rice it's called the pasta method all right you take water Put enough salt in it to make it salty, and you boil the water. Okay, you take your standard. Uh, you, you basically fill up a pot like you're making pasta. You know, depending on how much rice you're going to make, you you use. You know, you don't have to fill it all the way up, but fill up a pot with water. Pour in a cup or two of rice when it's boiling, and if it's white rice like jasmine or basmati or something, uh, start checking it. You know, stir it. Make sure you stir it up. Yep. Start checking it after um, like seven or eight minutes. It'll probably be almost done at about nine or ten minutes. You pour it through a colander or a strainer, and then you put it back in the pot, put the cover on it and uh, for five minutes, and then you're done. Voila. And the rice is perfect every time. You, um, it's all really nice grains. You don't have to rinse the crap out of it because it's in a ton of water, so it's like pulling off the starch. You can do it with brown rice. It takes about twice as long. You can do it with like farro. You can do it with barley. You can do it with wild rice. You can do it with any grain you can make using that method. Wow. So you boil salty water, pour in your rice, stir it up, let the thing boil. Start checking it at about seven or eight minutes. When it's almost done, when it's like a little al dente, strain out the water, put it back in. That's usually where I put in some olive oil and a pinch or two of salt. Put the cover on it and give it five minutes to finish steaming and fluffing its own steam. And you're done. Man, that's a lot better than my it's method. It. It's a lot better it's than so me. so 
easy and it's like maddening. I mean, I, I, I tried <laughs> to make the perfect rice. I was like, look, I cook all the time. I am so tired of making crappy rice and having it be too watery or too dry. I'm going to master this. I'm going to follow the directions to the T. I'm going to do this exactly right. And I kept failing or being a little dissatisfied. And then I was listening to like a three-part podcast on rice put up by the good folks at Bon Appetit. Mm. And they started talking about the, as they call it, the lots of water method. Mm. And my antenna went straight up in the air. I'm like, wait a second. And I've never (laughs) done it a different way since. I like it. That's it's the best. It's the way you do it in restaurants. It's just the way. It is the way. This is the way. The lots of water method. I like it. So, you know, because you're going to be home and you're making dinner and lunch and breakfast and everything nonstop, make yourself two cups of rice. You know, use a cup to feed your family of three or four and put the rest in the fridge for leftovers. Oh, absolutely. And rice is great leftover the next day or two, for sure. And if you're going to make something like fried rice or stir fry... It's actually better when it's drier. Yes. Uh, so, you know, in a way, it's it's better to have it um, the next day for leftover purposes, which brings me to the next thing. You get a frozen, ve- you get your bag of frozen veggies or your frozen veggie medley or, or you, whatever's in your freezer that you bird's manage eye. to score your bird's eye bag. If you've got to walk, this would be a great time to pull it out. If you don't, just a nice big pot. Put some oil in it, get it hot, throw in your frozen veggies, cover it, let it steam and, and cook a little bit, shake it around so that nothing gets stuck to the bottom. If you've got like uh, any like cooked chicken or, um, or if you just want to throw chicken in it, throw the chicken in first, then the veggies. Um, give that like maybe like five minutes um, on the heat. Throw in your leftover rice. Season it with um, with some soy sauce. Yeah, and you've got fried rice. Bang! You sure do. Hey, if you really want to get after it, chop up a green onion, some ginger, some garlic, saute that in the oil. Then put your frozen veggies in. Oh, that sounds way then better. You put your uh, rice in. Yeah, and you could have dinner on the table in fifteen minutes out of your frozen bag of veggies. Which is a lot, that makes it go a lot further than I could do. Um, so listen, I'm on your Instagram page right now. I'm looking at a few pictures here. Maybe you can walk me through a few of these bad boys. How's that sound? Yeah. So you've got what looks to be some kind of a Caesar salad kale thing going on in one of these. Uh, I can't yeah, see it was what tonight. I made Caesar salad tonight. Oh, that's brand new. Okay, cool. Um, and what, what was with it? I can't quite tell what was with it. Well, um, a couple days ago, I took some chicken... Uh, on the bone, some quarters, thigh and drumsticks, and I we love the thighs. I, I poached them skin on on bone in water with ginger and garlic in it. Yeah, I and like um, I put them in cold. I boiled the water, turned off the heat, kept it covered, and left it there for about a half an hour before I checked on the chicken. Yeah, so it gets like a nice gentle cook by the residual heat of uh, boiled water. Um, in the meantime, you're also making broth. So I pull out the chicken, I let it cool, I boiled off a bunch of the water so it concentrated more of the flavors in the broth, and I use that for a dish later. But I had uh, leftover chicken. For, I used the chicken, I made ramen with that broth, and um, I used some of that chicken in the ramen 
but I had leftover chicken, so I made a chicken Caesar salad tonight. Yeah, it looks. What kind of cheese you use there? A little Parmesan, or what was the cheese? It's Parmesan. Yeah, it and, looks great. Um, as part of it, I made a homemade uh, Caesar salad dressing. Ooh. And this is something that's super simple that anyone can do, and you don't even need the anchovies, even though it helps. But you know. People are having a hard time getting toilet paper yeah. and uh, pasta. Let's so not worry about anchovies. I'm assuming that we're not buying anchovies when we run out to the store to get our, our supplies. Um, put some olive oil in a bowl. Uh, put a squirt or two of Dijon mustard. Ooh. Um, take a one clove of garlic and grate it with a grater or a, um, a microplane into it. Put a you know two finger and thumb pinch of salt. And crank a bunch of uh, cracked black pepper and a squeeze off of a lemon and mix it up with a fork and you have Caesar dressing. Oof, like it. All right, I'm switching. That's it. It's great. I mean, and it, and it, I mean, it just presents so well on, on film, if you will, on camera that my guess is it tastes even better. Um, talk to me about these. I don't know if you made crab cakes or like little scallion things or what, what are... Scallion pancakes. Those are turnip cakes. Turnip cakes. Yeah, I saw you cooking those, and I forgot what you were making. So they look like crab cakes to me. They look. look the presentation looks really great. They're, you know, so we bought a box of vegetables from a bakery nearby that is partnered with a farm in an effort to survive. Yeah. And in that box of vegetables were turnips. And, you know, I'm looking at the turnips, I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, there's not enough of them to make a lot. And turnips... They're kind of a maligned vegetable. What am I going to do with these things? <laughs> Much maligned. You're right. I got a text from a friend of mine who did the same veggie box. He's like, what are you going to do with these turnips? And I started poking around on the internet, and I saw um, Parmesan-crusted smashed turnips, yeah, which they look was all I needed to see. Freaking great. They look great. In their method, they treated it like smashed potatoes, which I'm sure you've seen. Yes, sir. And, you know, turnips are fibrous, so as opposed to starchy like a potato. So they actually hold together really well. Mm. Um, so I boiled the turnips whole, and I boiled them until you stick a knife in them and, you you know, the knife slides right out when you try and lift it up, you know. Yes. Um, but they, they hold their shape really well. I took them out. I squeezed them down with a fork into little patties and blotted all the water, as much water as I could. A surprising amount of moisture comes out of it. It really retains the water in it. Yep. I blotted it out and I squeezed it down and created these little um, cakes and I dipped them in a flour, breadcrumb, parmesan uh, blend and sauteed them on medium and olive oil. I mean, they just look so damn good. They really present well. They're, they're delicious. I mean, they're really excellent uh, turnips. They're a lot better than the steamed, farty turnips we were all raised on. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the other, and again, everybody knows Brussels sprouts are good now, but Brussels sprouts back in the day boiled. Well, of course they're terrible. They're, they're terrible. They're steamed and farty, which is, you know, hashtag week three of quarantine, steamed and farty. <laughs> You know, we could do worse, you know. We could. But, like... I'm sorry. It's, you know, know, it's 11 o'clock at night on the East. Like, I'm just, I'm letting it rip. Not literally, but I'm letting the <laughs> slogans rip. way oh. Yeah, I mean, my mother, making, my mother was making fart jokes on my Instagram. You know, we're getting a little loopy. Yeah, people know? are punchy as a... We are collectively punchy. And that's more than okay right now. More than okay. Um, 
Speaking of, uh, of vegetables that used to suck, they're now delicious. Yes, please. Take some broccoli or some cauliflower, toss it in olive oil, salt, and pepper in a bowl. I lay it out on a sheet pan so there it's a single layer. Yeah. And cook it on 400 in the oven for like, you know, between 15 and uh, 20 minutes. Oh, we could do that tonight. I got that stuff in my fridge right now. The edges of it get all um, get all charred. The crown gets all charred and kind of crispy. The um, the the stem itself get you know super delicious. It, it cooks through all the way thanks yeah. to the, the dry heat, and um, it cooks off a lot of that kind of farty <laughs> smell that we get with cruciferous vegetables. Yes, yes. Hey, they're right. in season now, and this is why we're talking about broccoli, cauliflower, yeah, exactly. turnips. It's in your Brussels sprouts. It's in your pantry, or it should be. Yeah. They're available at your market. Produce is available. You're right. You know, um, and also, and again, this is, you know, you do a lot better stuff than this, but, I mean, cauliflower, once it's kind of cooked, or is, is so neutral that, you know, you throw your favorite sauce on it, whether it's buffalo, barbecue, or anything anything else, and it's going to taste like your favorite thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's in-season vegetable. Like you said, you can find it at your local market. It's clean. It's good to go. You wash it. It's healthy-ish. It's affordable. It's affordable. It's super healthy. Cauliflower is really healthy. Oh, for sure it is. I'm saying, depending on what you put in your sauce, then you know. Oh, yeah, You, yeah. you take it down. Well, it's not so healthy if you're, you know, deep frying it in, you know, peanut oil. But Correct. But the bottom line is you can, and it tastes great. And what a utility, what a utility vegetable, you know? Yeah, it turns out cauliflower is like the MVP of the vegetable scene right now. It's the jack of all trades. The kids love it. Uh, I'm going to give you one more from your gram here just to give people a little variety. It looks like you made a banana bread of some kind. Is that fair to say? What kind of bread? Yeah, we made some banana bread uh, because we're, you know, once your bananas start to get a little old, you can either eat the squishy banana or you can make banana bread or muffins. My wife Uh, is planning to do the same thing very soon, so that's beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely, and there's your breakfast for like three or four days. Absolutely. Put so that, a little bit of peanut butter on it, or oof. jam, or both. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you do chocolate chips in yours? I did on that one, because mm-hmm. I had some. Nice. Um, we do, too. We're know, looking I, forward to I, that. I had like a quarter cup of chocolate chips and some semi-sweet chocolate chips. And, uh, you know, bam, I tossed it in there. Why not? Absolutely. I think the only way only way I'm in on banana bread is if you throw some chocolate chips in there for me to make it, to make it you know, more like a um, cookie. But that's me. Chloe, my, my wife, my wife. Uh, today <laughs> made uh, banana muffins with, uh, she took oats and processed it and turned it into oat flour. Mm. Hello. So she didn't even use the flour that you can't even buy anywhere right now because everybody in the country just started tapping into their baking roots. Um, <laughs> as, as the nation nests, they make bread. And she... Made, it was this recipe where you, you know you pulse oats in a food processor, and she actually put some almonds in too, which made an almond flour. And she made blueberry banana muffins. Lovely. And by and the fantastic. By the way, in my before you join us in the show tonight, I said you know you've been cooking a lot for your family, but I'm sure that maybe your daughter's not cooking as well. But I'm sure your wife is. And boom, you just ran right into it. There she is making some banana muffins. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we try to we're. With with a near three year old in a two bedroom apartment under pretty relatively strict quarantine, we're trying to come up with ideas of things to do. So like, you know, I bought Jello when I was last at the grocery store. I bought pudding. Um, we've made banana bread. We've made um, muffins. We've done activities where she can help 
And that is another thing to get us through each day as we try to incorporate, um, include my daughter into the yeah. process too. Um, even if I just have her put the salt in something, you know, and now she's super excited. She wants to help. Yeah, and, she starts um, to get it. It slows me down a little bit, but it's a lovely, um, lovely experience. Well, and, uh, and if anything, it gives you a chance to not only teach her and spend some time with her, but also you've been documenting a lot more of like how you do what you do, your ingredients, you know, what goes next. I mean, I have noticed that your, your, your stuff on Instagram is becoming a lot more uh, frequently instructional or at least more like, yeah. and, and part of that's probably you're cooking with her. So, you know, she's dabbing in the cell and you've got you, so you, you know, she's quote slowing you down a little bit. So why not, you know, log, a, you know, log a few stories, you know, and put, put some stuff up in there that maybe you didn't have time to do, you know, pre quarantine, pre coronavirus. For sure. Also, like, people are desperate for content right now. We're all staring at our phones all day. Yeah. And, you know, cooking is a survival skill in its own right. But there's a lot of reasons why people don't do it a lot. You know, we're, we're busy and, you know, we have easy and ready um, access to takeout and going out and things like that. And, you know, now suddenly people are having to cook for themselves all the time. And... I've been getting a, a lot of response from people asking questions, asking for recipes. Um, so I just started putting it in the stories yeah. and, you know, making, I, I not only do I have more time, but I always, I, I realize now people are really interested in it and they're really, they're using it. So I'm trying to make things that, um, make it easier for people to follow along and not just be marveled at the, you know, the, the wizardry. Like it's not that hard if you just use a couple different techniques and you season as you go, you can make some nice food. Absolutely. Hey, so at the risk of, you know, I don't have children at the moment. Um, what's it like having a three-year-old during quarantine? Like, and I don't mean like okay, you guys can't go out. You guys can't go outside, so like that. It's a bummer. But like, does she get it? Like, and, you know, like is she understanding what's going on at some level. Like, how how's that going? We have, we are, yeah. We are trying to be age appropriate in how we talk about it with her. We talk to her about you know. We tell her how we're being germ busters. And we're, we try and focus on how we're helping everyone else by giving them space. And we say that there's a, a really bad cold going around and everybody's trying to help each other stay safe by giving each other space yeah. and staying home and washing our hands. And um, she gets it. You know, we, we overheard her. Um, I've overheard her a few times. She has her little, her little guys and dolls and her, you know, her little toy characters. And she's like, she runs through her life with them, you know, bedtime, nap time books. Like now there's a lot of potty talk because we've potty trained and she was telling them, telling, you know, through her characters, like it's like teddy bear theater. Like you, (laughs) you have to give them space and we have to make sure we wash her hands and, She's processing it uh, verbally. Huh. And, you know, like I, we went up to the Santa Monica airport today because they've got some really big open parking lots so she could ride around on her scooter and we could kick the ball around a little bit and um, do some exploring. And 
there's some some children there doing the same thing and she's got so excited you know she really wants to hang out with other kids and i don't blame her but i say oh i'm, I'm sorry honey but we're still we're still giving everyone space and she's like i can ride i can scoot by and say hi yeah and i was like yeah you can say hi so she she rode by in her scooter you know from like the 15 feet away and was like hi and everybody said hi and then she <laughs> moved on to the next place so she gets it um chloe had the same cold that i had oh, okay that, you know may be corona light or may just be a really poorly timed timed up a respiratory infection yeah but um she um she was saying how she's feeling better and uh anya was like Oh, you you're not sick. Can we go to other people's houses now? <laughs> you know, and we're like, yeah. no, you know, we can't. But yeah, she that, gets it. Okay, and she gets as much as a you know a child her age can. And yeah. Ho- hopefully, uh, I mean, just like all of us, I just can't wait to talk about this as something that happened in the past. Yeah, hopefully that's the case, right? I mean, that's that's what we're looking for, but. You know, it's funny too. Not and again, we we didn't live through, you know, we didn't live through the Great Depression. We didn't live through World War One, or you know, but you know, this is going to be one of those ones that people talk about, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the entire world got sick." Yeah. Um, yeah, that, we're in it. Yep, and like we're, you know, when you think about your grandparents and why, you know, some people's grandparents are super frugal or super whatever, and it's like, well, they grew up during the Depression, and you think you know what that means, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, this will be some kind of version of that, like, oh, why don't people shake hands anymore? Or why do people always say stay healthy at the end of their emails, you know? Or why do Americans wear masks when they're sick now? Yeah, fair. Or why do we have paid sick time? Right. Or why is our work culture now where if you have a cold, Stay you should home. not come to work? Right. Instead of being, you know, being a tough guy. Yeah, tough individuality guy. Individuality that we have in this country where we just gut it out, get everyone sick because we don't want people to think that we're faking it. You right, know? right. Sick days aren't for being sick. Right, exactly. Uh, totally true. That, a lot of that's probably going to change because it's going to have to change. Like it's. Or why does my dad have an aneurysm every time somebody brings up uh, Donald Trump, you know? <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's like people whose grandparents got angry when Nixon came up, you know, it's right? Like, or parents even, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Certainly, a, a moment that ties us together and is a really long moment. It's not nine eleven. Yes, not, um, it's not the Cuban Missile Crisis, although there's some correlation there because it took a little bit longer. It, but um, yeah, man. We're living in it. This is it right here globally. Yeah. And then it's funny, too, because, and again, I'm asking myself earlier today when my cousin texts me that there's live, uh, you know, live Nicaraguan soccer on ESPN A the Ocho, essentially. And I'm like, how does Nicaragua not have any, you know, like space? Oh, they do. No, th- sure no. And, and so cer- certainly I Google it and it's like, oh, the president of Nicaragua is like, we're tougher than this. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Well, yeah. And, you know, the thing that's happening, it's already happening in this country, is the, like we were saying in the in the first Corona pod, um, this is a situation where there are people who have been living in a, an umbrella of spin, and they believe that they can just BS their way through everything, 
say things are fake, say they're not real, lie, never apologize, never, yeah. never cop to what you said that's wrong, and you know project and blame, and they think they're still wrapped in that warm embrace of lies and spin, and they're not. This is not a media story. Um, this is not a situation that you can talk your way out of. They're now left with trying to rewrite the account of how they dealt with it. But, like, in, in Missouri, they were like, we're not going to be like China. This is America. And now they, like, lead the nation in per capita cases, and it's they're about to explode. Um, the denial in the beginning only creates more suffering later. Yeah. The states that enacted social distancing quickly um, that, you know, started addressing these these uh, problems, the shortages and everything quickly that tried to make a plan and put together functioning um, disaster uh, teams, they are going to weather this a lot better in terms of loss of life. Also, loss of treasure. They will recover faster their people will not suffer as long. And these places like Florida and Missouri and, and Texas even and across the South and, and other parts of the, of the country, they're, they're going to really suffer. And I, I, I'm sorry for the people who had nothing to do with these choices that are going to have problems because of it. Yeah. And I'm also wondering, you know, are we going to see the end of just going to whatever state you feel like whenever you feel like it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, is it going to be, you know, there are going to be certain places that it, it takes them three years to recover instead of one, you know? Um, and, you yeah, know, I mean, and you there are places that have not recovered from the last Great Recession. Uh, well, you know, I, yeah, right. Well, I'm talking recover, like, just health-wise, you know? like. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. You know, my whole mantra has been one day at a time. Let's worry about what we can change right now. I'm, I'm not going to get too wrapped up in all of the different scenarios that can play out here, but how are we going to reopen this thing? Yeah, that's going to be difficult. It's going to be really different. Like, people think it's Do we get to the point where, like, we build up capacity in our healthcare systems that can handle a big influx? Do we, do we get mass antibody testing? Do we have temperature checks at the door? I mean, I'm reading studies where, like, fifty up to 50% of the people with coronavirus are asymptomatic. Like, in a way, this thing is just kind of going to rip anyway, no matter what we do. Right. But if we have enough ventilators and personal protective equipment and, you know, annexed hospitals and, and things of that nature, then at a certain point we'll be able to handle the crush of patients. Right, but not for a long time. If ever. As long as we can keep our our healthcare workers protected, then yeah. most of them do not get it. Right. Right. Getting a lot of knowing glances from the uh, crack research team across the room here uh, with your comments. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. They still can't hear you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in terms of making like pasta. Yeah, because they say bring it back to some food before we go, for sure. That's a good segue, I think. Yeah, say hi to, so say hi to my wife, vegan. and then, you know. Everyone's on a carb fest right now. They sure are, including myself included. Doubly included. Carbs are great. 
I said it twice because I'm getting gigantic. (laughs) If you go to the store and try and buy a jar of sauce, or even like canned tomatoes, like a lot of places you can't get that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, if, you know, I don't know if you know, but the way to make tomato sauce, you know, the way that Nona makes it is (laughs) you, you, you cook the, you blanch the tomatoes very quickly in boiling water, and then you throw them in ice cubes and you take the skins off of them and then you put them in a pot and then you cook them down for you know a day basically adding all the the different vegetables and flavors however your family tradition is and you make tomato sauce takes all day it's delicious and it's you know it's the best way to do it but there's a way i've discovered where you can make tomato sauce that's just as good in terms of depth of flavor and you don't need peak summer tomatoes to do it okay let's hear you roast the tomatoes. Oh. Okay. You cut them in half. You put them flush side down. And you put them in the oven on 400. You, you, you put olive oil all over them, some salt, some pepper, maybe a, uh, a head of garlic that you cut the ends off and drip some oil in and wrap in foil. Throw it in that on that pan, too. Do 30 minutes on 400. You take it out, you throw a bunch of dried herbs or fresh herbs on there, depending on what you got. If you did it too early, then they'll burn. That's why you do it at the very end. And uh, then you do another 10 minutes or so. You take that whole thing out. You can then, once it cools off enough, you can just pull the entire skin off of the tomato with your fingers. Mm, nice. And then you put it in a pot, and if you've got an immersion blender... You can use that or you just use like a potato masher and cook it for like 15 or 20 minutes and uh, you've got tomato sauce. See that, everybody? It's that easy. So You roast the tomatoes. It, it concentrates the flavor, gives more, um, gets more of the, the sugars come out of it, and you can get some really, you know, really deep tomato flavor out of crappy tomatoes from 2,000 miles away. They're picked before they're ripe tell you what that's how you make lemonade out of lemons baby i like it except with tomatoes that's how you make tomato sauce out of tomatoes exactly that's why you're the man cook good that's why you're the man cook good so listen let's let's pretty much leave it there i want to be mindful of our time um and we're going to do more of these because we're probably going to be in quarantine for i mean listen we were doing we were doing a bunch of podcasts before quarantine and we've got nothing to do but now but do more of them by the way just so you know tip of the cap to you episode 299 where it was called mystery topic with jeremy in the car uh, you're afraid of you know and jeremy was talking about some conspiracy theories related to some jetliners getting shot down and things like that it seems like nine thousand different you know news days ago but that is the top listen to podcast in the filibuster freestyle library today so check out episode 299, Mystery Topic from Jeremy in the Car, and be like That's everybody incredible. else. Yep, it's the highest listened to pod um, today. That's the one you tried to hide. And that's the one I tried. No, you know, I tried to hide. I tried to at least hide the topic. I wanted people to see for themselves. But sure. honestly, um, I'm actually working on a new mystery topic with my wife about um, who's potentially behind this whole thing. I'm just going to put it that way and leave that. Okay. Leave, I'm going to leave that Easter egg there for right now. 
Is it the Democratic National Committee? No, no, no. It's not, and it's oh, not. Okay, good. It's, it's definitely not. Uh, we've got plenty of conspiracy theories out there with that theory. Ours is going to be a little different. Um, I like the theory. And we'll bring you back on that one. I'm not ready to debut that one yet. Um, Jeremy would be good on that one. Yeah, Cindy's Cindy's greenlighting the executive producing of you being a guest on that one. So we'll bring we'll do kitchen, kitchen confidential part three slash mystery topic from the from the house. Filibuster Freestyle has doubled their staff in the last few months. We've doubled our staff. I mean, you guys are expanding. We we hundred percent. Yeah, growth. we've hundred percent expansion. Where we actually, like you said earlier, people need content. We we we've set like three different all time weekly records this week alone because every you know every couple of days it goes higher on a seven day cycle. And uh, again, we appreciate everybody listening, subscribing. Following us on Instagram. When you're not following Man Cook Good, you can click over to at Filibuster Freestyle. You can find at, what is it, FB underscore Freestyle on Twitter. For goodness sake, follow us on Twitter. I mean, come on. And, uh, you know, subscribe to the pod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that crap. Deezer in France. Don't forget Deezer. Merci beaucoup. And guys, please, Jeremy Johnson, the maestro, the Man Cook Good, follow him on Instagram and tell your friends about it. Help him break out of the algorithm where it's like a little bubble. Make it a big bubble. Is that fair to say? <laughs> sure. Make it bubble. The, the boy in the bubble. <laughs> See, he's ahead of his time. You can't. You can't dispute that. Yeah, we're just you know we're bubble we're, we're, we're bubble boy in it right now. We're I'm all looking. Co- I'm looking for a bubble. You know, I got. I'm. I'm running out of some some uh, provisions. I'm have to go out for you know necessities like dark chocolate and popcorn kernels. So I'm not looking to a bubble. Make them my own. Tell you what, you got the time. Make it your King Lear. By the way, I love that King Lear is making a renaissance because Shakespeare wrote King Lear during a plague. And uh, yeah. people are like, so, you know, if he could do that, then you can probably do your King Lear. And everybody's kind of like, here's a mundane thing. This is my King Lear. Right, yeah. This is- <laughs> and exactly. that's fair because none of us are the greatest writer of all time. So it's fine. Um, right, right. You know, arguably at least. All right, man, stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. Everybody else. Again, follow Man Cook Good, follow Filibuster Freestyle, stay safe, stay healthy, and if you're hungry, listen to Jeremy's words of advice. It's really easy. Thanks for being on, JJ. Yeah, thanks for having me.